wanted to share it with you and we're going to get right into it tonight. Tonight, I wanted to talk from this subject matter of simply get a life. And really many times when we hear people use that phrase, they're sort of being sarcastic or they're trying to be funny. I, I want to preface tonight's talk by saying really in all honesty, I'm not trying to be funny. Uh, I'm not trying to be sarcastic, but I pray uh, that what we share tonight will be of help. Listen, I just got back from a great time of rest, a uh, great time of just family time, spending some time with my wife and my family, some very dear friends, just got back from seven days of just really just relaxing and resting and reflecting, took some time to just have some fun, ate all I wanted to, ate what I wanted to. Uh, uh, the wife will tell you the diets were off, uh, but I can tell you now that it's back on. <laughs> uh, but really in a real sense, just really had a time to just really get some rest. Um, for many of us as pastors, uh, the last three and a half, almost four months have really been some trying time for us. It has been a challenge for us as we have really worked to keep ministry alive and keep things going. And so really in a real sense, um, I really want to talk with us tonight, especially those of us in the preaching gospel, pastors, ministers alike. I really want to talk with us tonight about the importance of maintaining some balance physically um, emotionally, definitely spiritually. Uh, but I want to talk with us about that for a few moments on tonight. And so I've elected to use that subject, get a life, because I really want to make sure that as preachers of the gospel and as ministers, and especially those of us as pastors are understanding that burnout is real. Burnout is real. And I don't want any of us in ministry to get to a place that we become so involved with ministry that we become burnout. Um, in his book, Finishing Well in Life and Ministry, Bill Mills defined burnout as this. Bill Mills said that burnout is the point at which a pastor, a minister, a church leader, or a missionary is ready to give up or is unable or unwilling to continue in ministry. In other words, it's that point that you just basically are saying, I'm tired and I'm just at this point. I don't want to do it anymore. Now, if you would be honest in there, if a preacher were to be honest, all of us will confess that at one point or another, we've been there. Perhaps it may be situations we've encountered. It could also be how we have been hurt by someone in ministry. We've dealt with some disappointment. We've encountered some situation. And now because it did not happen or the outcome was not what we thought it would be, we're ready to give up. We're ready to give in. Now, uh, I, I could be very scriptural with this. And, and there are several passages of scripture that are roaming through my mind right now. Uh, but I really want to be practical on tonight with this particular talk. I want to be practical and I just want to encourage pastors and ministers alike, especially church leaders in any area of leadership that you are in, especially as it relates to church and ministries of faith, take the time to take a break. And, and I want to really especially share that tonight in the midst of what's going on with the COVID-19 pandemic. Many of us as pastors are being forced to creatively keep ministry going Take some time to get a break. Take a break. It, it doesn't change anything. It doesn't take anything from who you are. Get a break. 
take the time to take a break. Because if you don't, and if you don't take a break, you're going to find yourself running into burnout. The pressures of ministry can be a great deal. It can overwhelm us in leadership. And now more than ever with all that's going on uh, in our world, many of us having to keep ministry going creatively, having to come up with solutions to issues that we would not normally have to deal with. Um, if I could be transparent, we have the challenge of not only keeping ministry going, but making sure that the membership is well, making sure that all of their needs are being met, making sure that things are being taken care of. Whereas we would normally in some cases be used to having a staff or a full staff in the church operating, delegating authority. Sometimes we have to minimize staff for the sake of safety, uh, much like the professional world, we're having to adjust uh, in some areas of our country, having to adjust with working from home compared to working at the church. All of those sort of pressures on top of the usual pressures of ministry can cause us to become overwhelmed. And when we become overwhelmed, what ends up happening? We end up becoming stressed. We end up becoming depressed. We, we fall into places where we are losing sleep. We're getting a very little amount of sleep. Spiritually, we are dry. Uh, there is no motivation or we lose motivation for ministry. Sometimes even in ministry, if we pastors would be honest, we go into periods and seasons of isolation. Uh, feeling that we are by ourselves, that nobody understands our plight. Nobody understands what we're up against. Nobody understands what we're going through. And, and we are ready to give in. We're ready to give up. Uh, sometimes we fall into the traps of temptation, uh, whether, it not, whether it be alcohol abuse or physical abuse, mental abuse. We all fall into those traps. Tonight, I want to share with preachers before it gets there. Before it gets there, get a life. Before you fall into the trap of burnout, take a break. And, and, and I really want to share that. I want to share my heart with that because if I could be transparent with you, prior to last Friday or Friday before last now, I was really at that moment where things that did not normally bother me began to aggravate me. Things that would not normally stress me out really had me at my wits end. Um, I, I'll be so transparent to tell you, some, sometimes ministry will have you at that point because you're expecting people to catch on and do and be able to do, and it's not happening like we want it to happen. And now all of a sudden, frustration sets in. And when it does set in, we're ready to just let people have a piece of our minds. Uh, before it gets to that, before it causes us to lose our character, before it causes us to just give in and give out, or we end up going through this trigger moment where we're starting to just, can I put it like I feel it, go off, get a life, take a break. Let me take a moment to just share a few statistics with you. And I, and I just want to share these with you. And these statistics come from uh, leadership resources for pastors. But let me share a few statistics with you. And I, and I want to share why this is so important. All right. In a recent uh, survey that was done, 1,500 pastors across the United States have left the ministry or leave the ministry every month due to moral failure, due to contention with churches, but due to burnout. Do you know what the top one is? 
The top one is not moral failure. The number one reason pastors are leaving ministry is spiritual burnout. That's the top reason. 80% of pastors and additionally 84% of their spouses feel unqualified and often feel discouraged in their roles as pastors. It goes even further. Of that 80% of pastors, 50% of them are so discouraged that if they could, they would walk away from ministry, but they can't because they see it as a way of making a living. Wow. 70% uh, uh, said the only time they spend studying God's word is when they are preparing sermons. While 40% of them said that they have had an extramarital affair since the beginning of their ministry because ministry has affected their family or marital life in one way or another. Here's the big one that caught my attention. For, for my fellow seminarians and those of you who are matriculating through school and are working on degrees, did you not know that according to a recent survey, 80% of seminary and Bible college graduates who enter ministry leave ministry within the first five years. While 90% of pastors say that their seminary or their Bible school training did only a fair or poor job to prepare them for ministry. They basically say that they learned along the way. It was through actual practice and experience that they learned a great deal of lessons. Couple more and then I'm gonna really get into what I wanna talk about. 80% of pastors feel like that they don't have sufficient time with their spouses. Get this, this is what blows my mind. While 85% of pastor's spouses feel that ministry comes before them. I need somebody to hear this tonight. I need somebody to hear this. 55% of pastors receive support and accountability, but it's only from a small group. Hmm. While 57% of pastors in the same time admit and recognize that they do not have a regularly scheduled or implemented exercise routine. So now we've got a couple of problems that we're dealing with. One, we are burnt out because we're putting too much emphasis on church ministry. I need y'all to hear what I'm about to say. We put too much in emphasis on church ministry and not enough emphasis on personal ministry. And tonight, I want to encourage pastors and ministers, those of you in church leadership as well, please make sure, here's a big lesson tonight, make sure that we have our priorities in check. Because I want to share tonight, especially for pastors, your first ministry is not the church. I have said that so many times before, and I will continue to say it because I believe it in my heart of hearts. Your first ministry is not the church. Your first ministry, your first ministry is not the church. Your first ministry, fellow pastors and fellow preachers, is your family. The Bible makes that clear. If a man cannot take care of his own house, how can he handle, how can he take care of the church of God? 
So I want to encourage you by saying this, get a life. When I say get a life, I'm basically telling us tonight, I want to encourage you in ministry to have some proper balance between your health and wellness, your ministry uh, assignments, your family life. See the importance of having proper balance because here is the nugget for tonight. Proper balance will prevent burnout. Proper balance will prevent burnout. You've got to find the strength to say as much as I'd like to do this, I can't do this. As much as I want to be there, I may not be there. I cannot be there. I've got to have proper balance. And I share this tonight, particularly with young preachers, because I don't want you to get so engulfed in church and in ministry that you forget what's most important. Please prosper by the mistakes of those who have come before you. We learned it the hard way. We learned it the hard way. Of, of going through and trying to make sure we were so focused on ministry. We got to be there. We got to go there. We got to be here for this service. We got to be here for this appointment. I got to make sure that I go here, there. And let me tell you tonight, you will wear yourself so thin that you will be of non-effect to yourself and to others by not taking care of yourself. Here's another powerful nugget that I got to share with you. Even Jesus found time to rest. Do you remember? Do you remember in, in, in the gospel of Mark when, when the storm broke out, the disciples were on the ship and they began to sail and the storm began to rage? Remember that whole passage that dealt with Jesus saying, peace be still, came in the fact that Jesus left to get a break. Remember scripture. The Bible says that while they were on the boat and they were traveling along the waters, Jesus was in the bottom of the ship asleep. And I want to say to us as ministers in ministers in ministry, please understand the importance of getting rest, the importance of exercise, the importance of eating right. Please see the importance of that. If I can say it this way and it might not come over right, but I'm going to put it out there to help somebody, you can't be in every service. Young preacher, especially if you have a young family with young children, you can't go to every service. You can't be in every place. I know you want to. I know your heart is there. I'll be honest, as a pastor, my heart is in a whole lot of places. There are so many places I would love to go but I have to understand what comes first. What comes first? My, my, my wife comes first. She is my first ministry. So, so in order for you to get a life, you got to have some proper priorities. But there's something else I got to tell you in, in this, and then I'm going to share some tips, and then we're going to be done for tonight. Getting a life also means not only having proper priorities, but you also, secondly, got to have some proper perspectives. And I'm going to say it this way because I want to enlighten someone in understanding your, your first name is not pastor. 
I wish I could get somebody to type that in the comments tonight. Your first name is not Bishop. Your first name is not Apostle. Your first name is not Elder. That's not your first name. If, 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 if you look at your birth certificate, on the day you were born and that birth certificate was first signed by the doctor, the first name is not pastor or reverend or doctor or bishop or elder. or t That's not your first name. So sometimes for the sake of sanity, keep a proper perspective of yourself. I posted a picture last week on, on my personal Facebook page. I posted a picture last week sitting out on the beach. I was in, I was in a, a, a wife beater with a ball cap, some shorts and shades. And my caption was simply no title, no collar, no robe. I am simply JT. Sometimes you've got to be who your mama called you. <laughs> and it's okay. It's okay. Young preachers, sometimes it's okay to take the, the, the preacher hat off. And just be you. It doesn't change who you are as a Christian. It doesn't change who you are as a believer. If my title makes me Christian, then guess what? I'm in trouble. Because my Christianity is more based on my title than it is in who I am and who I'm striving to be. So if you're going to get a life, you, you've got to be able to not only keep proper priorities, but also have a proper perspective of yourself, okay? Those of you who are married, think about this. Your, your, your spouse did not marry the preacher, okay? If you have children, your children did not become children to the preacher. Your spouse is looking for you to be a husband or a wife, if I could make it live by being personal, allow me to be personal for a moment. You know, my wife is not looking for the Reverend Dr. James T. Worthy. Because truth be told, even though when we first met, she knew I was a preacher pastor. She did not fall in love with the preacher pastor. Y'all better talk to me tonight. She fell in love with James T. Worthy. And sometimes we can become so hung up in the title, in the accolade, that we lose perspective of who we are. And then when things don't happen like we want them to happen, then we're ready to give up and throw in the towel and burnout sets in. Keep proper priorities. My wife and my family come first. And I've shared this before, but if you're gonna get a life, this is what you gotta do. Too many divorces are happening with preachers too many, too many divorces are taking place in preachers' families because we are more focused on the title than we are on the individual. Keep that in mind. Got to, got to keep things in proper priority. If I could share something sort of practical, the church I pastor, I love them, but they understand that there are certain dates throughout the calendar that are off limits. And they understand that if something is scheduled at the church on that date, you may as well know now that there's a possibility that pastor may not be there. Why? My first ministry is my family.
proper perspective. I know who I am. I know who I am. Before I was Reverend Doctor, I was just simply JT. And I will always be JT. As a matter of fact, my friends, my brothers, my sisters in ministry, truth be told, don't even call me Reverend Doctor when it's just us. They call me JT. All right? So we've got to be able to keep the proper perspective. Keep the proper priorities. Get a life. Because I'll never forget something an older preacher told me when I first started. He said to me, son, always remember, church folks will kill you and tell the Lord you died. <laughs> so in that, that message, he basically was trying to share with me, take care of what's most important. Take care of what's most important. Have a proper perspective. Take care of yourself. Which brings me tonight to a few tips that I want to share with you as, as pastors and as young preachers of how we can avoid the burnout. How can we really prevent and recover from burnout? How can we be strong in the midst of all of the pressures of ministry? How do we really get a life? Here it is. Number one, spend more time in personal prayer and study. Instead of just trying to study to prepare a sermon, instead of trying to just pray for the church, you need to spend some time with you. One, one of the biggest blessings to my life and to ministry and, and to my well-being, get ready for this fellow pastors, is vacation. And I am so thankful and I am so grateful that as a pastor, first of all, I have a church that will tell me you need a break. Some of them are so so sweet about it. They are quick to ask me, Pastor, when are you going on vacation? You know, things of that nature. I'm grateful that 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 I have a wife who stays on me. Look, you need to, you need to, and these are her words. You need to chill for a minute, bro. You know, you've got to be able to find that. Because if you don't, you will burn yourself out. I spent more time last week reading for me. No, no sermon preparation, you know, in, in the process of, of working or resuming rather uh, my studies to complete my PhD. I, I, I didn't even bother that last week. There was no sermons. I thank God that there is structure set in place in the church that I pastor that in the time of an emergency, if something should come up, they know who to contact and what needs to be done and only to contact me when it is a last resort. I love them for that but I spend time with me. Don't you know that what vacation allows me to do? Vacation allows me to regain focus on vision. It allows me to keep what's most important as the most important. It allows me to keep the main thing, the main thing. It allows me to, if I could put it this way, to romance my wife, to love on my girls. It gives me that opportunity to really, if I, as I said, take off the collar, take off the suit, put on some shorts, put on some t-shirts, you know, go sit on the beach, go play in the water. Are y'all catching what I'm saying? Because if I don't do it, I'm going to burn out. Take a break. Here's something else I want to share with you. You want to get a life? Here's a big one. Stop comparing yourself to others. Stop trying to be somebody else. 
Be who God created you to be. Celebrate your uniqueness. Celebrate your uniqueness. There is only one originally designed James T. Worthy. There's only one. There's only one. Can't nobody be James T. Worthy but James T. Worthy. And no matter who you are, can't nobody be you but you. Celebrate your uniqueness. Celebrate the beauty in God's creativity in your life. It's in scripture. The Bible says that we were uniquely and wonderfully made. We were so made that the word of God declares that it was the Lord's doing and it ought to be marvelous in our eyes. But you will never be able to celebrate your uniqueness and celebrate God's creativity in your life if you're always comparing yourself to somebody else. I, I've, I've got a lot of fellow pastors and ministers and ministries that I look up to and admire, but here's reality. There's a group of people that I can reach that they can't. There's a group of people that I can minister to that they may not be able to reach. Here's a nugget. You want to get a life? Start being teammates instead of competitors. See, that separates us from the professional world because the professional world has a whole lot of competitors. Just be you. Celebrate your uniqueness. Celebrate who you are. Focus on the positive. Focus on the positive. Have some fun. I mean, really, have some fun. Find something to just enjoy life and laugh over. You know, I'll be the first to tell you when, when um, my wife and I first got married, she said that was one of the biggest hurdles she had to overcome because she said she felt like I was so serious. And honestly, I was. And I didn't realize how much of life I was missing out on. Laugh a little bit. It's okay. Have a little fun. It's okay. Live a little. It's all right. See, the reality of it is, is that it doesn't change who you are. Only you can change who you are. Have some fun. And in the process of having fun, here's another way to get a life. Learn to cut off the relationships that are draining you. They are some people in your life that are actually toxic to your well-being. And for the sake of being happy, you're going to have to shut it off. For the sake of being free in the mind, I love you, but as the word of God says, the Lord watch between me and thee while we're absent one from another. In setting up that, that those draining relationships, getting out those toxic relationships out of your life, you are then able to free up your heart, your mind, and your spirit to live a little. That's, that's one of the reasons why I, I just said this yesterday in the preaching moment uh, to the St. James Church. I've come to a place in my life that I don't have time for other people's drama. I don't have time for other people's pity party. I don't have time for other folks who want to, you know, carry the baggage of negativity. I love you, but I don't have to help you with that baggage. So I have to be able for my own personal sanity, for my own, and this is important, especially with pastors, with pastors, please know 
that there is a way to effectively serve the people under your charge, to lovingly lead them, but at the same time being able to lead them to a point that it doesn't drain you. Keep those things in mind. Stay focused on that. Last thing, last thing and I'm done. Last thing I'm done. Here's the thing. Do activities that energize you. Get something going that's going to energize you. Exercise. If you don't have a membership with a commercial break, Planet Fitness or some sort of gym, get one. Develop some exercise regimen. Believe it or not, and this is the truth, this is actually uh, uh, um, a medical fact. And I see I've got a personal trainer. Pastor Mian is a personal trainer. The reality of it is, do you all not know where a great deal of the weight in our midsection comes from? A lot of that weight comes from stress and a lack of exercise. And the more, yeah, I'm gonna say it, the more fat we have in this midsection, the more it pulls on the heart and the more issues is going to be caused for the heart. So you've got to be able to get some sort of activity that energizes you. Find something that's going to help you pull the steam off after you've encountered the pressure of ministry. You know, I've got a good friend of mine who actually uh, does kickboxing five days a week because it actually helps clear his mind. It helps clear his body, helps keeps his body uh, in tune. But you've got to free yourself and rid yourself of that. Get in better shape. Start walking. Some One of the most healthiest exercises is walking. Get out and walk. Take some time to just take a break. Get into some meditation. I'm really going to get real now. I'm really going to get real. That, that may even mean that you need to set some, some, some personalized time for just you. Me, I'm going to be very transparent with you. I am saved, sanctified, spirit-filled, and anointed by God, but I love jazz music. Make no apologies for it. For those who want to know, Ahmad Jamal is one of my favorite jazz artists. I love Peter White. I love Brian Culbertson. And when I really need to get into that headspace where I just need to get a break from everything, that's what I put on. You know, my wife will tell you, if you if you ever ride in the truck with me, if you ever get in, in the truck and ride with me, that's what you're going to be listening to. Why? It helps me get into that headspace. It helps me sort of shift. It helps me become calm. So, so you've got to be able to do it. You've got to see the importance of doing things, finding activities that are going to help you sort of change your scenery, to change your atmosphere. Take care of yourself. Be well. Take care of yourself. Take care of one another. Don't let stuff stress you out. Stop internalizing things. One of my biggest issues, and I'm closing on this note, one of my biggest problems is I internalize and I overthink. And if I'm not careful, I let it get the best of me. Free yourself. 
for your mind. Take care of yourselves. I shared this uh, in our last DYP session. Jesus made it clear. Come unto me. All ye that are labored, heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, for I am meek and I'm lowly in heart. You'll find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Paul told the Corinthian church, seeing that we have this ministry, we're not going to lose heart. We're going to get a life. We're going to get a life. Live a little bit. Make that declaration in your life. Sister Evangeline Bullock, I see you and I've heard you say that and you don't know how much that has ministered to me. I'm going to live. I choose to live. Living is a choice. I choose to live. I love God's people. I love what I do. I love the pastoral ministry. I love serving God's people. I love preaching God's gospel, but I'm going to live. I choose to live. And here's the good news. According to the Bible, God's going to help me live. Why die before your time? Because you're stressed out. You're not going to be effective if you're stressed out. Get a life. Live. Live. That's, that, isn't that what Jesus said? Jesus said, I came that you might have life and you might have it more abundantly. Jesus said, I came that you could live and you can live abundantly. That's my message tonight to, to my fellow pastors, to young preachers, to those in church leadership in one way or another. Get a life. Take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. Take a break. It's it, it doesn't change who you are. Take a break. And I and I really, in closing, want to encourage fellow pastors because we've been pushing in the midst of this pandemic. Take some time to release. Take some time to release. If if you can't get away for an extended period of time, I, I think about my dad. My dad was the type that sometimes he couldn't get away. We, he couldn't get on vacation. He couldn't go on vacation. But what he would do was vacation at home. He would basically stay home. You know, those were back in the days before we had cell phones. So sometimes, you know, wouldn't even answer the phone. There was instructions given. Take a break. He would take care of things in the house. Take care of certain projects in the house. Home, home improvement projects in the house. I'll never forget one year he took some time away from ministry to go to my grandparents' home and actually redo their entire kitchen. That was his release. Find that release. Tonight I want to encourage all of you, my my brothers, my sisters, people of God. Hear me tonight. Three words. Get a life. Get a life. Get a life. Thank you so much for joining me on tonight. I, I, as always, it's my heart's desire and my prayer that I've said something to be of help to the people of God. I pray tonight that I've said something to encourage and empower God's people, especially those of us who have the charge and the challenge 
of serving and leading God's people to that next place. I just want to encourage you, please take care of yourselves. Take care of one another. But above all, have a proper perspective. Keep things in proper priority. That's how you get a life. And when you get that life, you can declare just like the word of God. I shall live and not die and declare the word of the Lord.